Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. If you turn in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, beginning at verse 7. The title of tonight's message is, Let the Cat Out of the Bag. I'm sure you've heard that expression before, but I don't know if you know why. For those of you who aren't familiar with that saying, let the cat out of the bag, it means to reveal a secret or disclose facts that were previously hidden. It can also be used to refer to someone who is a blabbermouth. One relates to the fraud of substituting a cat for a pig at a farm market. If you let the cat out of the bag, you disclose the trick and avoid buying a pig in a bag. Tonight, as we look at the second part of 2 Thessalonians 2, Paul starts off for saying, The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Who is this restrainer? And what do you mean until he is taken out of the way? Notice, it's a he. And we know this to be the Holy Spirit. God Himself, the third person of the Blessed Trinity, who lives inside every believer who is on this earth, who has received Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. The Holy Spirit is restraining the total anarchy that Satan himself wants to bring upon this earth. One day the Holy Spirit will be taken out of the way. And Satan's will be able to go full force. All the wicked things that he has planned. He'll be taken out of the way, the Holy Spirit, when the believers are raptured, when we're caught up in the clouds to be with Jesus. Then all the people that are left on this earth will experience the wrath of God as Satan's plan of lawlessness is unveiled. The Holy Spirit will not leave the earth 
He will still be working, but the people on the earth will have to be martyred. They'll be tracked down if they're believers in Jesus because there'll be a one-world system that honors the lawless one that we see in verse 8. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. That lawless one is the Antichrist, a man that Satan himself will possess. And one day, when Jesus comes back on this earth, the second coming of Christ, he will destroy the lawless one with the brightness of his coming, with the breath that will just consume him from the mouth of God. But until then, Satan has a strategy that has been unfolding since he's been kicked out or was kicked out of heaven back before man was even created, back before the world was even created. We need to always understand that this mystery of lawlessness is not a mystery to believers in Jesus who read and study the Scriptures, who attend a Bible-believing church, who attend Bible studies where they're students of the Scriptures, they're disciples, they're followers of God. God reveals the strategy of the enemy. We can see through the Bible the things that are happening in this world and understand it. Things are not falling apart. Things are falling into place, as Jan Markell says, and there's a popular song that states the same thing. We have to remember there's a being behind the lawlessness. The devil, Satan, Lucifer, the adversary. Backed by all his demonic forces who follow his orders. We can see the confusion today, the confusion since the older people here were teenagers and preteens. We can see what's happened over the decades in our society throughout the world. The division, the anger, the hatred. Sin, as described in the Bible, is now being legislated as okay. The church once said not to interfere with things of the state. Well, the state is interfering with things of the church, of things of God. The enemy only wants to steal and kill and destroy. That's his M.O. And we can see it in abortion, the killing of the innocent, the murder of babies. The press, the internet, 
says it is a mother's right. No, it is not a mother's right. It was the mother's right to conceive. It was her choice. Wasn't her right, or it isn't her right to destroy, to kill. And if you're listening to this and you've had an abortion and you're a believer in Jesus, you are free from the stain of that sin and that guilt. And one day there'll be a great reunion in heaven with your child. Sex outside of marriage is rampant. People living together instead of getting married. Honoring God. They do their own thing. Everybody else is doing it. We can save money on our taxes. Well, it's another way the enemy is stealing and destroying. The gender identity, all the way down into the primary grades, boys and girls created in God's image. Remember, God made them male and female. Who is any government, any nation that makes laws interfering with God's creation? This gender identity crisis is causing confusion. It's increasing the suicide rates. Who but Satan himself wants to kill God's creation? Drugs and alcohol have been stealing, killing, and destroying lives, breaking up families, bringing heartache for centuries. Actors, actresses, athletes, musicians who leave the teachings of God to just push the world system That anything goes. It doesn't matter as long as you're the best. As long as you're making millions or billions of dollars. Who else but Satan is stealing and destroying and killing these lives? Suicide. Number one killer among young people. Satan is doing a great job stealing, killing, and destroying lives. What about atheism? People believing that lie, that there is no God, or agnostics. agnostics. There's something there, but we're not sure what it is. Satan just put in doubt in people's minds. Did God really say is what the devil said to Eve in the garden? And he's been using that line ever since. All religions are man's attempt to reach God. That's an impossible thing. Education can't figure out God. No religion can do that. People have been ripped off, stolen from, destroyed and go to their death believe in these lies of the enemy 
But God loved us so much that He sent His Son Jesus down from heaven to earth that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. God became a baby. He grew up. He had His preteen and teenage years. He was a young man. And at 30 years old, He started His ministry. He taught. He preached. He performed miracles. He got the attention of that known world at the time. He went to the cross to die for the sins of the world. Three days later, He rose from the dead, giving new life to anybody who put their trust in Him. He ascended into heaven, and one day He'll be coming back. And all the people born before Christ, God sent the prophets He sent the people to write the Old Testament books. He didn't leave us hanging. He taught us. He showed us. But yet the world is inundated with books that pull people's attention away from reading the truth about Jesus, who was the same yesterday, today, and forever. His Word never changes. It only reveals to the people who put in the time to read it. Verse 8, And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume, as we said, with the breath of His mouth and destroy with the brightness of His coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Believers should walk by faith and not by sight. But the world walks by sight, what they experience and not by faith. That's so important to understand. That's part of that mystery of lawlessness. Satan's working with power, signs, and lying wonders. Verse 10, And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. You might say, as Pontius Pilate did in the trial of Jesus, what is truth? Well, Jesus made it very clear to His followers that He is the way, the truth, and the life that no man goes to the Father, gets to heaven, except through Him. And because these people who followed this deception, God will send them, as verse 11 says, strong delusion that they should believe the lie. If you turn with me to Genesis 3, 4 and 5, please. Genesis 3, starting with verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. As most of you know, 
the serpent who is so cunning, said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman answered that serpent and said, We can eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. And this is where Satan, we're picking up here in verse 4, Satan says to Eve, You will not surely die. Do you get it? He's calling God a liar. He's saying God is lying to you. He's holding back. Because he knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be just like him. You'll know good and evil. And we know that Eve believed that lie and ate of the fruit. And then Adam did the same. And Adam was right there with Eve and didn't speak up even though he walked with God in the garden, along with Eve. Satan is the father of lies. Understand, about 300 years ago, most of the colleges in the United States were Bible-proclaiming schools. Schools like Harvard and Yale and Princeton once had rich Christian histories. Then something happened. Satan got in there with his professors who did not have a heart for God. It changed American universities from the Christian worldview to a naturalistic philosophy, which is a position holding that deity would be bound within the universe which is what these naturalistic scientists were teaching. I don't want to serve a God, do you, that can be bound within the universe? I want to serve a God that goes beyond anything that we even know of. Undoubtedly, compromise with belief in an ancient earth and evolution contributed greatly to the spiritual downfall of these institutions. Once Christians began adopting a naturalistic view, including evolution or earth history over millions of years, it didn't take long for the rest of their faith to come crumbling down. They had given up the Bible as their starting point and had accepted naturalistic science instead. There's a gentleman, Mr. Bodie Hodge, answering Genesis is where I'm getting most of this info I'm sharing with you right now. Genesis is written as literary history or literal history, so it should be taken as such. The demise of Christian universities should be a lesson to individuals, churches, Christian colleges and universities and seminaries to stand firm on the Bible's clear teachings and beware of any doctrine that is not biblically sound. What is truth? God's Word is truth. You must know God's Word and look at everything through the Word of God. 
In 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 to 4, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Again, that's 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. In verse 11, we just read, And for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. We saw what that lie was. And it's been a lie that men and women have bought into through the centuries that you can be like God. Today, the, the world is looking for a leader that will solve the wars, the famine, the pestilence, the confusion. And we know through prophecy there is going to be a one world government one day. There is going to be a one world religion. There is going to be a man that leads one day. But he's a deceiver. He's that lawless one that we looked at in the verses previous to this. Verse 12 that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Unfortunately, there's comfort in numbers. The more people that are doing things, the greater the popularity of it. We see that today with the abuse of alcohol, the abuse of drugs the rapes that are going on at these college parties, the things that are happening in Hollywood with the abuse of men and women and boys and girls, the sex trafficking. Lawlessness is running rampant. The Bible warns us in Deuteronomy 13, 1-5, If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you, to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice. You shall serve Him and hold fast to Him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall put away the evil from your midst. 
Remember, as Romans 1.25 says, there's one who changes the truth of God into a lie and causes man to worship and serve the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Yes, we have a free will. We can choose to believe the truth that is none other than Jesus Himself. Or we can change the truth of God into a lie and believe what our hearts tell us to believe. Believe the philosophy of the world. Believe the teachings and the words of philosophers and other religions. We are all being influenced by someone or something. That is why we want to keep our face in the Bible. Keep your face in the book. Hide His Word in your heart so you know when the counterfeit comes. Read Genesis to Revelation. And when you're done, read it again and again until you meet the Lord face to face. Verse 13, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Now again, remember, Paul is writing to a brand new church, the people who lived in Thessalonica, and they were always giving thanks for them because they loved the Lord and were following His Word. But remember, they were in a pagan culture just like we are. Sex was running rampant. Alcohol was being abused. Sacrifices were being made where babies were being burned to the false idols. Just like today. Abortion is killing babies, offering them up to the false gods. And notice, since the beginning, God brought salvation to all mankind. He set the Thessalonians apart in an anti-Christ society. That same God, through Jesus, by the presence of His Holy Spirit has set us apart to be His sons, to be His daughters because we follow the truth. Verse 14, To which He called you by our Gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Remember, the Scriptures are God's truth. From before the foundation of the world, right up until the end of the world. It's right here. 
in this supernatural book called the Bible. Let's go back and finish up. In verse 15, Therefore, brothers, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. So whether by the word of God or by this letter that was written to the Thessalonians to keep standing true and holding fast to the traditions which Paul taught them. Now, I want to take a second for these traditions. These aren't the traditions of men that so many religions have formulated. This tradition is the tradition of the study of scriptures. Not breaking that tradition of getting into God's word. Verse 16, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Neat thing that we see here in verses 13 and 16, we once again See, God's trinity. You know, they say that the rapture of the church, as we studied in 1 and 2 Thessalonians, the Bible doesn't say rapture. Well, it does say harpazo, which is a violent catching away. But right here, we see the word, we don't see the word trinity, but in verse 13, we see the Holy Spirit. In verse 16, we see the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, and we see God the Father. So we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the triune nature of God, God Himself in three persons. One God, but three distinct persons. In that trinity. And God says here. He loves us. And he's given us grace. And we have a hope. That goes beyond mankind. We have a hope beyond the grave. Because Jesus conquered the grave. And it says in verse 17. Comfort your hearts. And establish yourselves. In every good word. Of God. And every work that you're called to do. Serve one another. Serve the unsaved. Be an influence on them. Just like Paul was an influence to the new believers in Thessalonica. And always be ready to give a defense for what you believe in your heart. And remember the ABCs of salvation. Acknowledge that you're a sinner. That you fall short of God's perfect standards. And then B, believe in your heart that God has been raised from the dead, that He died on the cross for your sins. 
And then see, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And anybody who confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead will be saved. Read your Bible. Get plugged into a good church, a good Bible study. Ask questions. Allow God to give you that abundant life He put you here for. And don't be deceived by the enemy. Because lawlessness will increase. But where sin abounds, grace will abound more. God bless you. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.